Hi everyone and welcome to Casper Podcast. Today in studio I have Karen Coe, a cosmetic nurse practitioner who's been in the beauty industry and in the business of um, tightening and re- rejuvenation. Um, I've known Karen for a long time and she's agreed to come on the show today and talk all things Botox. So we're going to talk about everything you need to know about Botox with cosmetic nurse Karen Coe today. I'm very excited to have her on the show. I can't wait to pick her brain and share with you some of her valuable, valuable insights on everything you need to know about Botox. We are on, we are live <laughs> in, in Casper HQ. Today I have with me, with me beautiful, beautiful um, cosmetic nurse practitioner Karen Coe. I love her to bits. She Hello. keeps me young, okay? She keeps me looking hot. Yay. And, you know, I, it doesn't matter how stressed I am, she always makes me look relaxed and like I've been on a holiday. <laughs> and I love her for it. Well, I think my greatest compliment, because some of my clients I've been having for a long time, is that people see them and they say, oh, my God, you just look the same as you did 10 years ago. What happens? You just don't age. That is the biggest compliment anyone can give me. So that's the goal. Yeah, well, I get that all the you time. You look different. You look the same. You look a, a fresh, normal version of yourself. Well, my, I've got my, my driver's license over the years to compare myself, and I look exactly always the same. <laughs> always, <laughs> always a good test. I look exactly the same as the one I had, exactly. you know, 10, 12 years. How long, how long have I been seeing you? A long time. Oh, we go back a while, don't we? The years of winter. I've been around a while. I need to bring her on the show and, and, and you know, get her talking more about what you do. And we had an interesting chat uh, a little while ago about where beauty's going and what people are doing. But today you're here to talk to us about um, Botox. And because it's something that always gets thrown around in conversation, especially among us um, women and um, and so much has changed in the course of you know ten years. There's so many new treatments, and more and more people are injecting um, Botox. So um, I'm going to ask you um, <clears throat> maybe the most simplest question, but an important one: What is Botox? So, okay, so um, Botox is actually a brand name, and it's something um, I get asked a lot about because there's actually three brands on the market in Australia, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so basically, um, Botox is a brand name for botulism toxin type A. There is a type B, but that's another story. But very, very quickly, the easiest way to explain it, it just, uh, Botox is a protein. So it is the toxin from the botulinum bacteria, but it's actually a protein. And that protein um, is injected into the muscle and it just sits over a receptor site that blocks the message going between the nerve and the muscle. So it blocks the transmission of what we call acetylcholine, which is a, a neuro, it's a transmitter really, a chemical transmitter in the body. And um, it sits over that receptor site very cleverly and blocks that transmission for in a cosmetic use about three to five months. Um, and then what happens is when it, uh, as a protein, it sort of becomes inactive, all the filaments go around it, and then the muscle starts working again after that. 
Um, so, but the good news about that is once the Botox wears off, it sort of completely wears off. So it doesn't have long-term side effects in that sense, um, which is why you always have to keep doing it. But um, its safety is part of that process that, you, you know, it will, it will wear off and then you um, can retreat. Is it dangerous? So, so for whatever reason, if you don't like it, it's going to wear off. It can be dangerous in high uses, I suppose, or in the wrong hands, or it's used. It actually is used far more medically than it is cosmetically. It's just got um, it's just um, got its notoriety in in cosmetic use, but it's used for people that have like uh, it's called a wry neck, like a a neck um, and cervical dystonias, and it's used for um paediatric cerebral palsy it's used for people that sweat a lot it's used for people that grind their teeth it's used for migraines um, they're using it now for back and shoulder pain they use it for bladder problems they use it for people who've had stroke all kinds of things and and if it's used in very high doses there can be um, sort of um, a range of side effects but in low doses it's actually really safe so cosmetically we might get things like a mild headache or um, if it's used very high and low to the brow they can get some um, flattening of the brow or brow drooping and things like that but in very low doses it's really quite safe we have very few side effects with it yeah and you were saying earlier that you you do you actually use it a lot for symmetry to a lot symmetry you know like people who are a bit crooked in the mouth or anyone that's had a bell's palsy or if they've got a lot of people i mean we're sisters not twins in terms of our facial symmetry so everyone's got a high side and a low side and some people it's more obvious than others and you notice that a lot more photographically and so quite a lot of what i do is to match up the symmetry um we say actually that the beauty is in the asymmetry but you just don't want it to be too obvious i've done a lot in correcting you know people who've had accident or injuries and they've got like one side's noticeably lower or they have mouth drooping all kinds of things like that it's very effective so um yeah we have a lot more uses than we just use it cosmetically that's interesting that's interesting. And I, I know you and yeah. i have spoken about that before because um i, I was surprised that it's used in pediatrics for um kids with cerebral palsy it's quite effective you were saying too well, my nephew has cerebral palsy, you know, and he was having Botox like when he was two years old and he was having 200 units or 100 units or uh, these high doses. And, you know, they wouldn't use it in children in those sort of doses if it wasn't quite safe. And, and he had some really good results with that. So, um, yeah, that was interesting to see, actually, because it's quite close to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how? And how? What would happen every time he'd get injected? It would just help him more, well, be more mobile. Had, um, yeah, yeah. So basically, his um, his heel was raising up. He couldn't put his heel to the floor, and so it was affecting the way he was walking and running, and because he's quite mobile. And so by using the Botox to release some of the spasticity in the muscle and relax it he could put his, eventually put his heel down. And so it's really had a long-term uh, strategic place in him being able to run and walk and because he's quite mobile. He's 13 now, so he can run quite fast. Bless. <laughs> Lucky for him, mm. he's got an auntie that's all over it. Well, he was, I mean, they paediatric um, 
botulinum toxin, they use it, um, it's done in theatre. They have a um, general anaesthetic and everything and the specialists are amazing that use it in, in that field. But um, it was nice to have it. I think it made my brother and sister-in-law a lot more comfortable that I'd had such experience using it and I was aware of the safety and efficacy because, you know, they have been researching Botox a very long time um, and there's a lot of medical studies done on it. Um, you know, there was a guy, Alan Scott, in, the, in 1978, I think, or something, he was doing clinical tests with it. Um, and then the Carruthers, who were a, a husband and wife team, started using it pretty much in the 80s. She was an ophthalmic, an oculoplastic surgeon she was, and, and he was a dermatologist. And um, she was using it a lot for blepharospasm with facial dystonias, which is basically they were using it for eye twitching um, disorders and, um, you know, abnormal facial spasms. And they found that the patients were having an incredible reduction in wrinkles. <laughs> By accident. Some of, the, some of the patients have come back, yeah, you know, my eye twitching's all right, but my wrinkles have come back, you know. So they're like, oh, okay, let's have a fiddle around with this. They used to practice on each other a lot, I know. Um, and looking fantastic. So they, that was sort of the start, I think, of the industry. So, um, but by the time I started injecting in about 98, it was still quite new. Okay. And it was still quite basic, but... Um, yeah, it's come a long way since then. Because there's, um, there's, there's variations. Uh, I, I sort of, sorry, there was there, sorry, Karen. There's variations of it now. Yeah, like there's there's. I, I'd imagine when you started using, okay. it was only the one. Yeah. Well, I actually started. The doctor I first worked with was using Disport. Strangely enough, um, and he had a little bit of Botox as well, but mostly Disport. Um, and we were pretty much injecting everyone the same. Um, but now there's three. Uh, brands on the market. There's Botox, Disport, and um, the newcomer is Xeomin, which is spelt with an X. And um, we inject them all quite differently. And I inject every patient quite differently. And every time they come in, I in inject them as to how their muscles are moving and their dynamic movement and what's been happening and, and whether they want to be a bit smoother or whether they want more movement. Or So I, I usually never inject people the same um, each time. So um, I sort of keep it quite, I guess, creative and, and quite different. So, um, but I, I think the most important thing about any of the toxins is that it's all about dose and placement. So if you want to look quite fresh and natural, you just can use smaller doses. It's about putting it in the right spot so that you still have movement, but you look fresher. Um, the most important thing about any of the toxins is that it's used for prevention. It really is used for prevention. So if you're finding that you're, um, and we can talk about this later, but if you're finding that your toxin's not lasting, it may not just be about the toxin. It could just be about, you know, your lifestyle or you've had excessive weight loss or you are not taking care of your skin. Because if your skin's not in good shape, if it doesn't retain its sort of flexibility and elasticity and its hydration you're not going to get your um, benefits long term out of your toxin regardless of which one you use and i think that's the, that's the, that's a fundamental thing because a lot of women think oh i'll just go and get a, a couple really of units important. of botox you know and then yeah. don't do anything else other yeah. than that they're not drinking the water they're not using the good skincare or they're not getting any other um treatments in terms of facials and, and what have you to and preserve you know, and help you know, that we skin along? 
Yeah, we talk, we talk about nutrients all the time, don't we? You know, like if you've got good nutrition and you've got adequate amounts of particularly vitamin C, you can't make collagen without vitamin C. You know, there's certain things that you can't build good structural tissue if you don't sort of either eat properly or, you know, have good nutrients so and hydration, as you said. So these things really play a part in the longevity. I mean, the toxin itself, we suggest, lasts normally three to five months cosmetically. Um, but uh, other factors play in that in terms of, you know, how much you put in and where you put it and also what other things you've got going on in your life, you know, with your stress and, as we talked about, skincare. And if you're not sleeping, I'd, I'd imagine um, sleep would be a big yeah. one too. Because if you're not sleeping, you're not one. You know, like people, women don't realise that one of the things, because I've gone through menopause, one of the things with menopause is that you really lose that uh, a lot of your skin texture and vitalness. So, you know, coming up to coming up to talk about when you should start using Botox. Well, the thing is, you want to make sure that your skin is in its best shape possible before you become menopausal because you lose so much of your collagen um, and you actually lose a lot through breastfeeding as well so I find a lot of young girls um, they look fantastic while they're pregnant because you get all that lovely juicy collagen that you're making when you're making a baby but during breastfeeding you have incredible changes to the skin you know so I have a lot of young mums that come in you must be finished breastfeeding before you resume your Botox injections but um, you know, they kind of need a lot more uh, treatments in terms of perhaps the Botox and their skin treatments and, and whatever else they have because they lose a lot of collagen in their breastfeeding times. Can, can pregnant women inject Botox? No, no. And the thing is, too, that there's no testing that's ever done on pregnant women or breastfeeding women. So it's a bit of a, a legal minefield as well. So it's not just about you know efficacy and safety and things like that which you know you don't want to inject anything when you're pregnant but it's also that they don't test anything on pregnant women so complex issue but definitely not yeah okay that's interesting well i, I, I don't fall pregnant while they have botox on board it's quite safe it stays in the muscle but we, um, we don't knowingly treat anyone who's pregnant so yeah there's been no documented issue okay so, um, so just back onto the, the different types of um, Botox on the market. Can you, mm. sub, what's the difference between, you mentioned Dyspore yeah. and then Botox and then the newcomer? Um, this is a really good question because I have all kinds of stories that come in that people are told about the different types of Botox. Um, so as we sell botulism toxin. Um, so Botox is a brand, the difference, and um, Dyspore is a brand and Xeomin is a brand. Now the difference between the two is, um, Bo they have uh, Botox and Dysport have what we call um, hemagglutins attached to their protein strands. So a, a hemagglutin is used, they're non-binding, um, they're proteins, they're used as binding proteins to stabilise um, the toxin because the, the protein itself is reasonably unstable. Um, and so they put these... Um, um, binding proteins on to sort of stabilize them um, and um, Botox has an albumin hemagglutin and um, Dysport um, has a, um, a a lactic type um, of hemagglutin and 
the difference with Xeomin is they've been able to manufacture it without any of these um, binding proteins. So they've actually been able to um, manufacture um, their protein stands without any hemagglutins on it. And that's suggesting that there's less, because they don't have these surface antigens, there's less antibody reactions with the Xeomin. That is the suggestion with that. So we tend to find that if people are having a little bit of intolerance to it, you know, if you had it for a long time and there's a bit of intolerance, the suggestion is that the Xeomin might be a little bit more effective because your body doesn't recognise it as much. Um, so in, in ca those cases, swapping brands can work. I've had some success with that. But generally speaking, if I have um, clients that have a particular toxin and they've been happy with it, I generally just keep them on it because it's, you know, I like predictability. Um, the most important difference, though, is that um, each of the toxins, particularly Dysport, has a different um, concentration um, than the Botox and the Xeomin. So people will say, oh, look, you know, Dysport is less expensive because it's less per unit, but you need more units of Dysport than you do of Botox and So it's not always... The the case i don't find that it's cheaper in that sense at all i inject them a similar on a, on a similar cost structure um but i also find that i inject each of the toxins quite differently um it's quite complicated there's differences in spread and techniques and things like that but i don't inject the toxins the same and the reason is that i've been using the toxins for such a long period of time that i've been able to work out the different predictabilities between them. So what I mean by that, the end of that conversation is that it is all about dose and placement and knowing what you're doing and having worked with these different brands for long periods of time. So as I said, you can't train experience. You just have to learn as you go and pick things up as you go. So, I mean, I do work with new injectors in teaching and training. Um, it just takes time to get used to the different types so when i'm teaching students i always suggest that you start with one toxin and you just get really good at that toxin before you switch over to another one because they are a bit different yeah and that's that's a clever way of doing it too especially now knowing that there are a few on the market because there's there's so many yeah. i've noticed even beauty therapists now are injecting and i don't know whether they're nurses because you've got to you tell us a little bit about your background you must be, you must be a um a registered nurse or a you know, there's different divisions in nursing, but you must have a nursing, a current nursing registration or a, a medical registration to be able to inject them. They're actually Schedule for drugs. So they're actually a scheduled drug. You need a prescription. And so um, I'm lucky enough to be a nurse practitioner, so I'm, I can legally prescribe the, the toxins. But if you are going to any practitioner, they should be doing some kind of scripting for you. Mm -hmm. to script the drug. It's a drug and it's a registered drug. So it's registered with the TGA. Okay. Well, you know, you've been in the industry for 23 years, you know, and um, how did you, yeah. what made you get into this, in, into cosmetics? Because you said you're a nurse. How did you go, oh, I think I might just start doing this now? No. <laughs> you got sick of the blood? Completely, completely accidental. Oh, um, really? I... Yeah, my uh, my mum bought a beauty clinic. Uh, she was not in the beauty industry previously, 
Um, and uh, she bought a clinic called a, a Casey Clinic where they're using microcurrents for non-surgical face, face lifting. And she basically asked me to come and help her because they had a, a Medi-Hair program as well. So I literally came into her practice counting hairs. Because <laughs> how I started. <laughs> photos, sculpts and counting hairs. And I went to a, a cosmetic conference and met the girls from collagen aesthetics and they were telling me all about collagen and I'm like oh wow that sounds interesting and so when I started injecting the lines and wrinkles with collagen you know that you could literally make them disappear before your eyes it was amazing and I thought wow this is this is really interesting and I just was accidentally really good at it and um, it just sort of grew from there but I had no intention I didn't even wear makeup or lipstick or yeah, you wow. know, I'd been living in the Gold Coast surfing, so um, I had no idea of beauty or anything or, or facial symmetry or anything about the face, really. I was, um, I was in um, gastroenterology and cardiothoracic, so... Oh, totally wow. But, um, complete, yeah, complete, so nothing to do with cosmetics oh, or totally. face. Oh, yeah, and it was never on my radar at all. So, And strangely enough, what's really interesting is when I did start in this industry, a lot of my colleagues would turn to me and say, oh, what are you doing that stuff for? You know, that's that's nonsense or it's whatever. It's not real medicine or all of that stuff. And now quite the reverse. Everyone I meet wants, wants to get into doing it. So <laughs> it's really uh, really come a long way. Um, and way back then, you know, um, the Botox was quite secretive, like no one wanted to talk about it. And it was all, um, all very almost underground back in the 90s. So it's really come a long way and no one knew what it was. So I used to spend most of my time, you know, just talking about what it was and the possibilities. And, mm, That's so an amazing story. Wow, Karen, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. By, yeah. <laughs> no idea. I never even, I didn't even own mascara or anything. I didn't have, I just wore a bit of tinted moisturiser and sunblock. That was it. That was it. So, um, yeah. And now you're in it. the heart of Melbourne learn. injecting okay. everyone. Yeah, doing lasers as well and skincare, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. I'm saving, I'm saving your new treatment for another podcast because I actually want to get that, the treatment that you and I were talking about. That new one that you've just... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. We're, the we're... BBL Hero. Yeah. I'm a bit scared, but we're going to try it. <laughs> oh, no. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. Yeah, it's amazing. So it, keep, it really does keep the skin looking younger and smoother and firmer, which is what we all want to. But it's a great adjunct, I think, to the anti-wrinkle um, toxins and the, the fillers and things because I think if your skin's in good shape, it's 50%, you know. Yeah, I agree. The and, and the, yeah, the toxins are really meant to be for prevention. They're just meant to prevent your lines and wrinkles, but you're meant to keep your skin in good shape to keep you looking fresher. You and I so always talk really about that. Too. I agree. You and I always talk about that. I think it all starts yeah. it starts with your skin routine and, and how much time you invest in it. And I can I know over the years, I think, because uh, I had bad, bad skin as a teenager, so I'm very, very much all about the skin and making sure that it's, yeah. it has what it needs and obviously nutrition and, and whatnot. Um, but just... Before we go, I wanted to ask you, um, okay, so, you know, there are some myths about Botox. 
right? Go. Yeah. Um, so I think you answered a couple of them, and the first one was: um, is is the Botox toxin unsafe? Which you said, no, it's fine. Well, it's actually a protein. So, like any other protein in the body, it has its um, it's it's very specific in what it does. So, when it's injected into muscle, it just will go to a specific receptor and cover that receptor really and stop the transmission of the message. And that's actually all that it does. It doesn't go anywhere else or do anything else. And then when it wears off, it wears off completely. So in that sense, um, I feel it's it's quite um it's quite safe if used correctly. Um, and so it's in that sense it's not toxic it's actually one of the safest drugs on the market and if you use it safely in, in, a, in a very predictable way i mean i've been having it 22 years so um you know it's and, and as i said my nephew has it he's been having it since he was a baby so there's yeah the to that. Okay. Um, uh, now is botox just for wrinkles and you've explained that it's not just for wrinkles because you've just um no used medically for so many things like I've had so many patients with terrific jaw and neck pain from their grinding and their crunching and Botox has changed their life and also some of the people that have sweated so excessively like these young guys who I had one guy the other day he said he had to wear his school jumper all through summer because his sweating was so embarrassing and I went you know he, it's changed his life having the the neurotoxin to prevent his sweating and what happens with that it really it really uh, treats it effectively so they often don't sweat much at all or they just sweat like a normal person incredibly life-changing for those people and the migraine sufferers I have a client that completely gets rid of their migraines and these people have been debilitated for weeks two weeks a month um, so those cases, yeah, I, I had a girlfriend that had severe migraines and they were debilitating. She'd have to take time off work and everything. And then she's, she started getting, um, Botox for her migraine and, um, and consequently had this beautiful, smooth forehead. Um, and, <laughs> and she didn't realize and it wasn't, it wasn't until we were out one night and I think she had the treatment a couple of days before. And this is going back, I reckon, uh, 12 years ago. And I remember we're sitting, I'm looking at her forehead, I'm going, what, what do you use on your skin? Your, your forehead's glistening. And she's like, really? I'm like, you know, she goes, oh, I just went to the doctor and he, you know, he, 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 put, some, um, he put some Botox in for my migraine. I'm like, oh my God, that looks fantastic. But, um, yeah. I, just, I did have this one, I did have this, I did have this one patient actually who's um was having Botox for migraines, but they actually stopped it halfway down her forehead for some reason. <laughs> one more question, all right? Uh, and this yeah. is another myth. If you stop getting Botox, Botox, will your wrinkles appear worse? Okay, so there's two things with this, and this is just from my experience. You forget how bad your wrinkles were, people. When you stop having Botox, you think they weren't there before. So um, we try and take good photos now because uh, they're always improved. But if you stop using Botox, they will come back. They will be there. But you don't you get new ones. About, you do forget. You really forget what you used to look like. Um, the second thing that happens is 
it's as we talked about it's also about you keeping your skin in good shape it's like taking your face to the gym if you use botox for 10 years but you don't address skin texture and tone and of course you are going to look older you're losing one to two percent of collagen every year you're losing all your hyaluronic acid you're getting the bit of sun exposure you're probably getting sun damage all of those things you probably drink too much alcohol like everyone um and it depending on how your nutrition is if you get enough sleep so i think the expectation that you can only use botox for 20 years and still have great skin and look good is a fallacy uh-huh. you need to have other things as well and that's like i do a little bit of laser i have very small amounts of fillers i don't like using a lot of filler um, I have um, topical treatments as well, and um, I'm really into the light therapies, the lasers and the LEDs and things like that. Love but an LED. Love an LED. Light and moving device are beautiful, right? And these things, and the BBL Hero, of course, keeps you looking looking young. You have to. You can't just. Um, you can't just walk around and expect your cardiovascular system to be in good shape. You need to do regular exercise. It's the same. You have to do regular things to keep your skin in good shape. So Botox is only one of those things. Um, so, yeah, I think long-term, I find upper face, um, it will keep the muscle firm and potentially keep you a little bit more lifted. I have found that long-term. Um, but I think if you feel, and it will prevent you from frowning, absolutely. But I think if you feel like long-term, that's all you need to do, you'll be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I agree. Uh, and I, again, I've, I've had lots of friends um, that get various treatments and, and some that do a lot, to, a, lot of, a, a lot to their skin to keep it, you know, um, uh, refined and, you know, the pores minimised. And it, is, it isn't just about the Botox or the filler. There's, there's so much more that goes into it. And those that have great skin for their age, actually, uh, uh, you know, don't drink a lot, do exercise, eat really well um, on top of, you know, maybe a few LED treatments and stuff like that. So there's so many other things that you can do to make sure that your, your skin's getting the best of what it needs. And you know what, if you need a little bit of help here and there, that's when you, you can use Botox, I reckon. That's exactly right. So, right, a little bit of help, perfect analogy. And I think, you know, there are people out there that just have good genetics. You know, yeah, that too, lucky. that too. So that, that can happen as well. You're always going to get that person at the party that says, oh, I've never had Botox or Comagin, and all lucky you. Um, but, you know, I think if you use it correctly, if it's placed correctly and the dose is right, um, you know, I was, I was a surfer when I was younger, so I was really sun damaged in my 20s. So... When I started having Botox at 31, I needed it. I was I was prematurely aging. And, and so I was actually really lucky to get into this industry because I've got surfing mates who've never had anything done and they look a lot older and their sun is really, their skin's really damaged. Um, and that also, I remember, that puts you up for um, far more um, dysplasic cells and, you know, BCCs and squamous cell carcinomas and all those things people get because their um, skin's really damaged. So the more you can rejuvenate your skin and look after it, you're actually reversing the incidences of those things too. Like, you know, there's some research that a lot of the, like I know the BBL Hero, there's a suggestion that it, it changes the gene expression that, you know, so your you skin expresses itself as a younger skin. So who knows how much 
how in the future how this is going to go. They're talking about trying to increase, you know, keep the length of the telomeres so that they that the skin doesn't age as long and things like that. There's a lot of research going on in those areas, but that will also help to prevent skin cancers, I think, down the track as well, potentially. Uh, yeah, it's exciting time. It's a good time to be be around. We'll just all, yeah. you know what, we'll be 80, Karen, and we'll look exactly the same. Oh, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be 80. We'll be the best probably and they'll lie there and go look she's 85 and a line on her <laughs> saying that too there's also i think some some lines are good you know i think it's you know like you know you need to have some some nice smiling lines and some crow's feet i think in those cases where people try and erase everything for me that's where it looks a bit weird you know to work with people's you know expression and and look at the way they communicate and inject them accordingly. Yeah. So that everyone looks like themselves. They look fresh. They just look a fresher version of themselves. I think it's really important. I think so too. And I, you know what? I like the idea of leaving a few lines. Like we don't need to iron out everything, people. Like, you know, it, it's character. Oh, no. It's character. Oh, and there's, you know, like I love when I see women in their 60s and 70s and they've got a few you know, a few lines around their face and a few smiles. It's the, you know, it shows you've had a good life and you've experienced life, you know. It's, uh, you know, yeah, we've, we've spoken yeah. about this one too. Yeah, it's keeping the attractive. Yeah, right. and it's softer. It's actually a lot softer. But as I said, you know, the biggest compliment someone can give me is I'm intrigued because some of my clients have been treating nearly 20 years. So, you know, they'll say, oh, people say to me, gosh, you still look the same. You haven't aged. You look so well and fresh. That's the best compliment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I have to ask you this because someone asked yeah. me this the other day when I said to them, oh, I'm actually doing a podcast about Botox. I said, could you ask this question? So I'm going to ask you this on the behalf. So I'm not going to say who it is. But young girls are getting Botox done at very early, and it's not for symmetry. It's because they want to look like a particular celebrity. Do you get these young kids coming in with a photo of Kim Kardashian and say, "Make me look like that. I want those cheeks. I want that face." Uh, look, I I don't because I'm not I'm not big on Instagram, <laughs> so um, which is good. But uh, I think there's a lot of injectors who do that and I think there's a lot of injectors that engage in that as well I personally don't really understand it um and I'm never going to inject someone out of the scope of their own underlying facial features and I'm very upfront about that so if you come in and ask me for something I will say to you um would you like me to make you look worse <laughs> uh, no <laughs> I love that <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'll say no, no, but what can you do to make me look better? Well, I can do this to make you look better, but always working within their own structure and also, as I said, the function of the face in how it moves. I, I spend a lot of time looking at people in a dynamic sense. I mean, Zoom has made a huge difference to our practice because people actually looked at themselves in animation. And the most important thing is to inject people in the animation of their actual real structure and how they look, not just change anything. Uh, if you need to change things in that specific sense, that probably would be more of a surgical um, option. So, you know, I just improve people so they don't look tired, they don't look sad, they don't look cranky, and they <laughs> just look the, fresh, the freshest 
uh, version of themselves is 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 my um, style. It's your specialty. It's your specialty. Special. Make me look like I've been so, on a holiday, Karen. <laughs> absolutely, Maria. <laughs> absolutely. But you know, as you said, you're lucky because you've your skin is in great shape. You know, you take good care of yourself. So and. Uh, Got a real, you've got a young energy, you've got a vibrant energy. That's another thing, you know. Yeah, I agree. Energy, but, man, we're all made up of energy, you know. And if you if you're projecting and you're sitting there going, oh, I feel so old, I'm so tired. Well, you know what? Your 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 cells hear it, and your collagen cells hear it, and they go, oh, we're tired. Okay, so we're not going to reproduce. But if you go, yeah, no, you know what? I'm vital. I'm young. I feel fresh. I feel healthy. You know, you, 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 all your cells hear that, and they go, "Okay, well, let's 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 mm. do this." So, um, it's a big one. I think how you perceive yourself and the energy that you put out plays a, a uh, important role. It's huge. It's all about you, your vibrancy. Mm, absolutely, you absolutely. So, yeah. now if people want to come and see you, where do they find you? Um. Well. <laughs> I'm around. I work under the umbrella of um, Anti-Aging Associates, which are based in Canterbury, but I also work at Neo Skin in South Melbourne and uh, Richmond Skin and Laser. I do a little bit of work at Roger Davies in Hawthorne um, and uh, a little bit at, uh, at Shark in Doncaster. But um, generally speaking, um, I do teaching and training as well, so um, quite busy, but... Um, I'm around. I'm around. You're around. Mm. We'll have all your deeds up on our website so people can come and find you if they need to feel like they need to go on a holiday. Mm. And look, hey, we're stuck here, so we may as well (laughs) come and see you for a bit of a a relax (laughs) situation. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I have a lot of clients that come in just for chat, and I'm always happy to talk to people. Um, I have a lot of clients that come in and just want to find out a lot of things and I'm always happy to um, chat about yeah, me. the <laughs> industry, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the toxins and the feathers, but also I always spend time assessing people and, and talking about where they're at and what they want to do and what they want to achieve. I think that's really important. I agree, I agree. It's been such a pleasure having you um, on Zoom with oh, me this thank morning. thank you, Maria. I love talking to you. I love talking to you, you know, because I'm always fascinated with new treatments. I know every time I come, it's like, what's new? What can I try now? <laughs> you know, um, and so you've always got some some really, in, some really awesome insight on the latest and the greatest technologies that come out for your skin, lasers, lights. I don't know. I, I'm going to get this one done that you were, you were talking about the other day. So I can't wait to do a podcast on that. I might even film me getting it oh, done. Yeah. Okay. Um, Absolutely. I know you've Bring got a client on. waiting. Karen's Karen's yeah. doing this podcast in between her clients. <laughs> so, hence, okay, yeah. um, uh, so I'm going to let you go and do that. But cool. thank you so much. And um, let's chat soon and um, workshop the, the next podcast. What are we going to do? Fillers? Let's do fillers. Let's do fillers, hey? Let's put it out there. What not to do. Fillers will be like what not to do. Yeah, what not to do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lovely to speak with you, Maria. Yeah, you too. See you, honey. Have an awesome, awesome okay. day. I'll speak to you soon. You too. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.
Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Karen Co on everything you need to know about Botox. We'll have all her deets up on our website, www.caspermagazine.com. So stay tuned for that. Have an amazing day and um, stay tuned for more with Karen Co because I think next time we're going to be talking about um, some other amazing rejuvenation products that she uses in her clinic. So I think we're doing filler. Actually, yes, we are. We're going to be doing filler and uh, actually what not to do with filler. So stay tuned for that one. Have a great day, everyone. Ciao, ciao for now.